0: One, and we're live for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host. And as usual, I'm joined by Seth Wintraub. We have a nice hat today, Seth. Thank you. <laughs> Is that available in the the, the Electric Store? Uh, store? One, of, one Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Uh, I want to thank uh, um, SAE International for sponsoring this week's episode of the Electric Podcast. You can join the mobility community in Detroit from April 18th to the 20th for... Uh, WCX, the largest technical mobility event in North America. You can register right now. Uh, We have a link in the show notes. But we're going to have a little bit more to say about SAE and the uh, WCX show later on on the show. But uh, it's going to be a great event. And thanks to SAE for sponsoring this week's episode of the Electric Podcast. All right. uh, We're going to jump into the news. We have a few Tesla news we want to cover first. Uh, A lot of follow-up on what happened in the last few weeks, especially when it comes to supercharger V4, where we have actual concrete information about the uh, new charging technology rather than just the images of the first uh, station coming up. Then we're going to jump into just a few tiny bits of Tesla news, then big Volkswagen news this week. I'm going to finish up with uh, great news about Abtera 2 before jumping into your comments and your questions. So if you guys have any questions, the show is live. Nothing is edited. We're live. You can ask us questions about whatever topics in the EV community on renewable energy you want to discuss or um, specific question about any items that we discussed today on the show. But well, let's jump in with uh, Supercharger V4 uh, power output, rated powered output. So the first station officially launched this week in the Netherlands. You see an official picture from Tesla right here. So, as usual for Tesla, well, not as usual for a Tesla supercharger, because if you remember when the V3 was launched, they actually had like a, a rare press release here. It's rare that you see a press release from Tesla, but they had one for that and they explained the whole thing. It was, but V3 was probably between V2 and V3 was probably a bigger jump than between V3 and V4. Uh, so now they just said, hey, here's the first station, and they don't tell us any details on it, other than the fact that it is a longer cable, which we already knew. And that's a big deal on its own. We already discussed, especially as Tesla moved to opening the stations to other electric vehicles than their own. Uh, then the charge part is not always positioned in the right position. Always having a longer cable can rectify that for the most part, but it's not that much longer either. So I would assume that some EVs might have issues, um, but we'll see. Now, the fact that the station was uh, launched uh, resulted in some people actually visiting it and poking around a little bit, including uh, Esther, oh my God, sorry for your last name, Kokelmans, Kokelmans? So, sorry. <laughs> sorry if I'm butchering your last name. But uh, the, they saw the electrical specs on the stall and it confirms a thousand volts at 615 amps which would result in a max power output of about 600 kilowatts or more than twice, well actually twice the rated output of the previous generation, so a major jump, but of course max rated output is not necessarily what you're going to maintain continuously. And in case of an electric vehicle charging station, most of the time the limitation is on the vehicle side rather. Well, nowadays it didn't used to be like that when when ninety percent of the stations out there were fifty kilowatts, but uh, these days with uh, a lot of like three hundred. 250 300 plus kilowatt station for the most part the limitation is on the vehicle side especially once you get past 20 30 percent state of charge it, the, the max rated output is basically not achievable at that point anyway but this is a good indication that this is a uh, future proofing is charging network if a uh, uh, 600 kilowatts is what it is right now it means that you're going to see vehicles gradually be able to accept higher power output leading to potentially even to these 600 kilowatts. What do you think, Seth?
1: Well, it's obviously good, but not many vehicles can take advantage of that right now. Um, and I think Tesla's probably uh, limiting it as a uh, kind of test, test higher and higher outputs. Also, I mean, I don't, I don't know if this is going to have anything to do with the, the cyber truck mm-hmm. and there, and the, the charging output there i feel like that that might be a big deal for the cybertruck yeah they confirmed that it's gonna be a thousand volt right already something like that i feel like they said something very high uh, or what no they said it was a megawatt is it, because it, it, it was the announcement like with the SMI, the, the
0: smi yeah but they said that the cybertruck is gonna have the same capacity if i'm not mistaken oh
1: that'd be interesting yeah
0: no definitely this is like because right now in tesla's current lineup it probably won't change anything other than maybe for the new Model S and X. Uh, there's been rumors new Model S X and X could take up to 300 kilowatts. So having the station be over 250 would, would maybe enable that. But we haven't been able to, to confirm that yet. And like you just said, maybe Tesla is limiting that too right now.
1: Also, what do you make of this coming out in Europe first? I mean, they they need it a lot more <laughs> because you already
0: there's already hundreds of stations in Europe that are open to non-tesla electric vehicles, right. so they need that longer, longer cable solution cable. more than we do. Uh, so, so yeah, that that, that makes sense. Uh, I, also, I would speaking of, did they say here where it's manufactured? Yeah, I think they do they do say it right. Here. I think I see U.S. Because I was thinking, like, where is it coming from? Is it coming from China or is it coming from the U.S. Manufactured by Tesla and Buffalo. No, those are, are US made. So Tesla has started Supercharger V4 in, in Buffalo. So, yeah, you would think that it would make more sense to, to deploy them in the US first. Uh, yeah. But no, they make it to to Europe, like I said, probably because they just need it
1: more. The longer cable.
0: Yeah. All I right. Well, this the will be able to
1: charge, uh, like the Hummer EV goes at 350 mm-hmm. kilowatts mm-hmm. and more. I wonder if uh, these will be able to charge those at very high rates yeah so obviously now these station also like ccs directly on
0: the on the on the, on the connector because that's um ccs type 2 uh, or ccs 2 I should say that type 2 that type 2 is another uh, another connector um so so these any any vehicle equipped with ccs would be able to connect to it in the u.s it's going to be because the hummer is not available in europe is it right no. uh, gm doesn't even sell in europe anymore right? yeah <laughs> um
1: I don't, so, I don't think it would even be legal in Europe,
0: like, yeah, or or very popular either. Like this is uh, <laughs> can you imagine you're you're an American moving to Europe and you decide to move in with your Hummer EV just to make sure people know that you're American? Yeah, yeah, but uh, so yeah, in in the US you would have the the magic duck instead to 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 support that. So I don't know if the magic duck is. Um, like rated for the same amount of power that uh the 600 kilowatts that this is able to put out so that that there's like different bottlenecks when you're charging electric vehicle there's a bottleneck at the vehicle itself a bottleneck at the connector the protocol and then the actual power station powering the um the stack so there's a lot of uh failure points here all right. Speaking of all, we're going to start on charging for a bit because uh, Tesla has an update to its mobile app and a lot of it has to do with charging. And uh, the, the, the update is uh, 4.19, came out uh, yesterday. And um, so the biggest one here in terms of uh, the user side of things right now, because there's a bigger update, but it's not on the consumer facing side just yet. It's um, a little bit more granular information about your battery capacity and the, the status of your battery, especially in cold weather. the uh, <laughs> Winter is over, it's a like great timing, but the uh, w- when you get into your car and it's been sitting outside in the cold for a while, you get less energy capacity in your battery pack because of that. And uh, Tesla would actually show it to you that that there's less capacity, but not in a precise way. Now, apparently, Tesla says that it will display the portion of the battery that is unavailable due to the battery pack's cold temperature directly in the charging slider. So this is the example here. So the blue thing here is the actual affected capacity, not just letting you know that you have less capacity. So that's interesting, and obviously, Part of that is because your battery is actually eating up to get to the optimal performance uh, to get there. So you're, the battery pack is using its own capacity to uh, mon- to balance its own temperature in, o- in order to perform best. So you need that. Uh, also, you have these ticks here. Uh, they're displayed for 10% interval. You used to have them if you were moving the slider. So if you were actually changing them, um, but now you see them without that, which is actually a good UI changes in my opinion. Because uh, you, you, unless you would actually look at the percentage, you didn't actually know where you set it up. You should you should keep track of that. Obviously, when you move it, you know, like I moved it for because I want to stay at eighty. I, I keep mine between eighty and ninety unless I know I'm going on the road on, on a long distance road trip. Uh, so it's uh, optimal for your long term longevity of your battery pack.
1: Do you have tr- uh, trouble on the car or on the app moving the slider? I'm always like, I, like maybe it's because my yeah. hands are cold or whatever. But yeah,
0: sometimes I'm fat fingering it a little bit. but uh, yeah, It's really it's, hard for me. Yeah, uh, I
1: had some issues. I haven't tried
0: with this new update. Maybe this new update makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. Uh, not on the car as much, but I don't move it too much on the car. The only time I, I do move it on the car is when you get to a supercharger station and it forces you to be at 80 and you have to manually put it back to 100. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only time I touch it in the car, basically. All right. Yeah. Um, also, new charging membership that are coming. So we knew that that was coming primarily for non-Tesla vehicle charger. But uh, in, in Tesla writes in the release note. In addition to manage payment and history, there is now a new membership option to manage your membership for charging non-Teslas. In this menu, you'll be able to sign up, cancel, or renew your charging membership. The Charging membership, you lower your price per kilowatt at, or kilowatt hour. That should be at superchargers for non-Tesla. Although there's a five uh, session limit per day so yeah so tesla is trying to eliminate like commercial use like taxis and all that but these membership do lower your so if you're going to be using the supercharger often as a non-tesla user and you want to get charge prices that are closer to Tesla, which tesla charge tesla users you can get that and finally the last one probably the biggest one is this drive on sunshine feature that allows you to a lot Tesla owners that have home solar power system to charge their vehicle with excess power. So this is something that we've seen Tesla work on uh, lately a lot, which is what we call controllable load. So there's been a lot of talk about bidirectional charging and how Tesla is not very hyped on that. Uh, and one of the reasons why they're not so hyped on it is they think that there's way more value uh, in controlling the load, so, which we call uh, controllable load. So one big example of that is we reported last month or earlier this month is that Tesla is going to launch unlimited charging overnight for $30 a month under their Tesla electric plan. So that's simply moving a load in this case, a load of electric vehicle charging on the grid, uh, from the day to at night when you have excess power, but you can also have excess solar power during the day because obviously there's none at night and. No, no solar power i mean but uh, you uh, during the day during the, especially in the middle of the day uh, when you're not actually using a lot of electricity at home uh, it might make sense uh, at peak power to divert that a little bit and instead of uh, either sending it to the grid or uh sending it to your power wall or wh- whatever you, you use your excess power with uh you it would it could make sense financially to send it to your car instead if your car can take it so Tesla is building, <clears throat> sorry, I'm losing my voice. Tesla is building a feature uh, specifically for that, where you say you can plug in your vehicle at ons during the day to charge using the excess energy generated by your solar system. So you're going to be able to match uh, with more than one solar system. So it might actually work for like if you have uh, solar power at work and Tesla can actually monitor that for some reason. It uh, sounds like it would work primarily with Powerwall though, because uh, you need some kind of brain uh, of your solar system that Tesla has access to. And um and yeah, that's it. You just, uh, when when that power comes in, instead of uh, going back to the grid or going to a power wall or any kind of home batch pack, it goes to um, your car and you can drive on Sunshine, hence the name.
1: Uh, so why would you need this, uh, you know, versus like sending, you know, doing net metering? Is that is that for people who don't have net metering, do you think? Or do you think it's for... yeah. Yeah, it would be it would be
0: either that or whatever you get paid for your electricity. Like I, there, there's some net metering that are not that advantageous money wise. So if you can use it rather than send it back, I know like here in Quebec, like they don't they they we have electricity so cheap that that they're not they're not like uh, tripping over themselves to buy back your electricity, which is we don't have any solar power here so it makes more sense to like you want to use every bit of energy that you produce yourself right. so in those situations it would make sense to uh, to do that but yeah i, I get i get your point it's like if you're in california and a lot of those markets where they pay you like 30 40 uh, a lot the, sometimes like decent amount I mean, it,
1: it's just basically it runs your meter backwards so like you're going to use the electricity one way or the other it's you know? nice to be appreciated. <laughs> That was weird. Uh, <laughs> it just runs your uh, your uh, meter backwards. So you know, you're getting credit. It's not it's not yeah. about like money in, money out. It's just you know, you get charged less at the end of the month. So unless uh, unless
0: you're completely powered by by your own, like you're completely but not off grid, but you 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 never you're always in excess, basically. Like we I, I thought I, I did a report on that actually last weekend. Uh, this Tesla owner in Hawaii um as a solar roof and uh, and power walls and a giant Tesla solar roof 50 kilowatts That's of crazy. power you, you can imagine the house on, on this guy um mm-hmm. 50 kilowatts is just insane so obviously they don't they, they, they produce more than the um than they consume and they get paid back 350 dollars a month from the electric utility
1: so they, they actually they are the electric utility yeah I was gonna say it's almost like a uh you know like a solar uh, farm
0: yeah yeah actually they do that through uh power wall too because they have like i think eight power or something like that. crazy <laughs> yeah, on this installation and um yeah that's uh, with swell swell as a as a huge uh, well i say huge it's getting huge um uh, virtual power plant uh, operating in Hawaii, in the big island um okay Uh, Gigafactory Berlin news. Uh, We get some Berlin news here. Tesla is applying to expand the production capacity to be authorized, I should say, because they're not quite there yet. Um, Right now, they're authorized for 500,000 vehicles per year. And uh, they are slowly but surely getting there. Uh, Last we heard, they were at 4,000 a week, but um, they could be getting close to 5,000 any day now. Uh, So they're already looking at expanding the capacity because... Uh, probably safe to do it sooner rather than later, considering yep. what happened the first time. Tesla has run into a lot of red tapes in Germany. Um, they've been they've been fighting environmental groups that have been trying to slow down the projects for a while now. We reported last week on some uh, criminal allegations, like they said it's getting to a criminal level now. Um, but I don't know exactly. I'm not obviously familiar with the legal system in uh, in Germany, and it, for I've never heard of. Uh, because they said they were filing criminal charges. I don't know how a group can file criminal charges in a group, most in most uh, legal systems that I know of, only the, the government can charge up um, criminal charges. Anyway. So now they are already applying to get to a million units per year. And in the application, there's some silver lining in terms of uh, how smooth things could get because one of the bigger points that the environmental groups have been fighting Tesla over uh, when it comes to Gigafactory Berlin is the um, water usage. So they have been worried that uh, Tesla would use too much water in the factory because the factory is huge and it is not, it's a rural area. So it's, uh, um, they, they they are afraid that they would consume all the water for all the other resident and uh, companies around. But Tesla has, is is claiming in this new application that they're gonna get they can get to a million units so they can get authorized a million units with the same water usage that they already approved for for the half a million units. So this is a uh, good news if it's actually accurate, um, and uh, would remove one of the big. Uh, Contingency point, the point of uh, contention. I should say, what is it? Is that, is that saying right? Like yeah. The, point of contention, point of contention um, between Tesla and the environmental groups. A million units, uh, like that's that's basically what Tesla wants. All its gigafactories to be at uh, soon
1: enough. So that's at that's four million per year with the current factories. Then yep. add add Mexico five million.
0: Yeah, maybe Shanghai uh, could be higher than a million, though. Yeah. Like, uh, the way it's been going, I wouldn't be surprised. And they're adding on and stuff. Fremont, uh, maybe no, though. Fremont would be a little, yeah, maybe a little bit harder to get to, uh, to to a million. I think it's at 600,000 right now. And um, it's so full. It's just incredibly full.
1: Yeah, and they build Model S and X, which are probably a little bit more complicated. Yeah,
0: lower volume. All right, uh, Model S Plaid. <laughs> no official announcement from tesla just yet but as official as it like as close to be official as it gets because it's coming from sebastian uh, vitel not vitel vitel uh so not, not the f1 driver but still a race car driver well known uh I've been used by tesla officially before for uh, test drives so he, we know that he has a connection with tesla and in this case he's been invited uh in france to uh, test to test drive a uh, Model S Plaid with the new ceramic brakes upgrade, the $20,000 brake upgrades that we uh, thought was the last piece needed for Tesla to actually deliver on its long-time promise to achieve over 200 miles per hour top speed in the Model S Plaid. It was, um, it was limited at first at 60, 163 miles per hour, which is 262 kilometers per hour when it first launched in 2021. Then uh, last year Tesla uh, released a track mode update, purely software, that increased the top speed to 175 miles per hour. Still insane, by the way. So like, we're complaining about not getting to 200 miles per hour. But right. let's be honest, this is a, it's pretty rare you're going to get to 175 maybe if uh, you drive on the Autobahn a lot. But other than that, um, I, I, know, I know some Tesla owners like to bring their cars to the test track, uh, to the racetrack and whatnot. But anyway, uh, we did see actually a Model S achieve 200 miles per hour. I've witnessed it myself, uh, not too far from where I live in uh, Trois-Rivières. We rented the airport and the team at NGINX that already are offering things that uh, unlock features in Tesla vehicle or software lock. Because again, the capacity on the powertrain side of things is there. It's just Tesla is not unlocking it because it thinks that people will kill themselves if they they don't have the brakes to do it. So NGINX upgraded the the brakes themselves to bigger brakes. And then with their software, they were able to unlock the speed limiter. And on the tarmac at the airport, they reached 216 miles per hour, 348 kilometers an hour. It was insane. Like you 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 guys need to go uh, check out the video that we posted. It's been seen by millions of people already. The sound of an electric car flying by you at, at that kind of speed—it's—it's uh, it's mind blowing. Anyway, that was not official from Tesla. Obviously, that was a Tesla owner, and Genex and Genex thought a little bit of offering it to. People because they can just do it. They just need the little modules. You plug it in, and that's it. But of course, they wouldn't be responsible for people actually upgrade, upgrading their brakes before doing it, right. and it's it would be a big liability. So they decided not to do it. At, at did Nginx upgrade their brakes? Yeah, yeah, they did, they did. They, okay. I think the they mounted pass. One of the Tesla tuners uh, sent them some brakes to to, and even then, like uh, you could feel the car could go higher than that. Could probably hit like two thirty miles per hour. But they were running out of tarmac to brake, so they, that's they, crazy. So uh, Guillaume, the owner of that was uh, driving the car. Had to, just he had to stop there. But you can see in the video from the inside, uh, you, you can see when he started to slow down, they were still going up pretty easy. Anyway, now uh, Sebastian Vettel on the um, uh, on, on this circuit, the Circuit de Bresse, uh in France, he um, uh, did a new record lap with those new with an. When a model plaid that was also software limited top speed unlocked and with um uh this these new ceramic brakes and he reached a new record a uh, one minute 33 seconds for uh which is the new fastest lap for a street legal vehicle because that model s plat is still street legal uh does not have like semi-slick tires or anything like that just street legal tires with the break upgrade, and now the removal of the speed limiter. And he did say, we, though we didn't see it in the video, he did say that he achieved uh, 350 kilometers an hour, 217 miles per hour. So he just beat the record from Engine X by one mile. Um, you think that was accidental? I would doubt that. Um, but then he also claimed, uh, th- th- there's other videos out there, other people that claim that they actually reached 233 miles per hour, but I haven't seen any proof of that yet though vital did say that there there's going to be soon some videos coming out of uh Nuremberg. so
1: so that's tesla, interesting because yeah, you know so, porsche owns that record right now
0: yeah so tesla and porsche have been like trading records on, on there for electric vehicles i should say uh and um like production electric vehicles i think is the specific category that they're doing yeah, it's uh, so I would assume that Tesla has broken the record again and is gonna unveil it too. That's what Sebastian seems to be hinting at, mm-hmm. though it wasn't it wasn't exactly forthcoming with that information. But he did release the, his own video of uh, of this new track record at the Circuit de Bresse.
1: And of so course, Porsche has it. a tri motor thing coming. Yep. Lucid's got a tri motor thing. Yep. So it'll just be going back and forth for a while. Yep.
0: All right, we want to say a quick word about SAE and the WCX show.
1: Yes, uh, this week's episode is sponsored by SAE International, hosts of the WCX World Congress Experience event. For 2023, WCX is set to return to Detroit from April 18th to 20th at Huntington Place. As the largest technical mobility event in North America, WCX brings together thousands of engineers, suppliers, and mobility professionals to exchange ideas, ideas, Discuss today's challenges and build powerful relationships to move your career and the industry forward. Join the community, the global community, in the Motor City this April to stay up to date on the latest technological advances, participate in the roundtable discussions, and network with the brightest minds in the industry. Gain a competitive advantage and meet the people shaping the future of mobility. Visit wcx.sae.org to register now, and we have a link in the show notes.
0: Yes, thank you, SAE, for sponsoring the show this week. Um, we're gonna have a few more news items to discuss right now, but then we're gonna jump into your comments and your questions, which I already see a bunch of uh, of comments right there. But uh, we're gonna have time for a few more. So if you guys have any question for us, you can put them in the comment section right now, whether you're on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, do we? No, we don't get the comments from LinkedIn, do we?
1: Nope.
0: No. Okay. Uh, so that's it. Facebook and uh, YouTube, we get the comments, but we're also live on Twitter and uh, LinkedIn. Moving on uh, to uh, Volkswagen. So, Volkswagen has been teasing us with uh, this cheaper entry-level electric vehicle that they are planning to launch. If you've been following it, it's uh, there's been the ID. Life concept that was unveiled uh, that was in. Uh, IAA last year? Or was it the year before that? No, I think it was last year. Yeah, last year? Yeah. So the ID Life was supposed to be the basis for this uh, cheaper electric vehicle. It still looked pretty cool. It still looked like uh, a little bit bit retro, really square, but still reminiscent of the ID3, which is currently the uh, entry-level electric vehicle from VW. But this, uh, now, this new concept that was unveiled today, and it's still a concept. It's not a... It looks to be like an iteration of that ID Life, closer to a production version, and it's not called the ID Two. So, uh, being the I, oh, is it called the ID Two All? Yeah. That's, oh, okay. I, I missed that. Yeah, ID that's Two weird. All. Yeah, that's weird. No, don't do that, Volkswagen.
1: <laughs> well, they they had mentioned last time we talked to Volkswagen, they were like, you know what, we're we're kind of tired of going to these you know, ID1, ID2, ID3. We want to inject some more life into these names. So why don't they call it like the ID Golf or just the Golf or, you know, back to yeah. the Golf or something? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think it would make a lot more sense. But at the same time, the uh, it's not as easy as that either because uh, Volkswagen is one of them that uh, they also have like the same model in different markets with different names too. So like, they're really complicating the... Like we have here, the, here a popular SUV that they have. It's called a Tiguan. Like, it's just yeah. an horrible name. Like, uh, and do you do have it in the U.S.? Yeah, we got have the it there. And in English, you call it like what? What was it called? No, I think it's called the Tiguan. Tiguan too? Tiguan. It's such a weird name. Yeah. I don't all know. right. Uh, but now we have the ID. to all, and it's gonna be the, the the straight up announced the price that they are aiming to have it at twenty five thousand euros. They're only talking about euros, so that might mean that it's not aimed at the American North American market. Uh, twenty five thousand euros is about twenty seven thousand dollar USD. Uh, so that's that's something that we st- <clears throat> we're still keeping a close eye on because obviously the ID three. Uh, launch in Europe and never launch in North America. So we're, we're concerned that we have. But at the same time, uh, if they want to hit that price point, they need to hit some incredible volume, incredible economies of scales. And to achieve that, I would assume that they are going to want to have a supply chain that uh, goes far and deep. And hopefully that includes the uh, North American market. A uh, nice range to 450 kilometers. That's 279 miles of range. Obviously that would be uh, any uh, WLTP for European uh, market, but still you can, you you can rest assured that even on the EPA would be to over 200 miles, which is, which is what you want uh, normally like to hit at least for an entry double vehicle like that. I mean, at $27,000, especially if you still had the 7,500 federal tax credit, that's, that's a less than $20,000 vehicle. Like, you cannot complain very much about uh, anything. Uh a bit bland on the side. I mean this this picture had me concerned a little bit. (laughs) It's not uh it's not a super good looking car in my opinion. I know you guys liked it on the Morris set. You you didn't mind it. This this is not too bad though. This is not too bad on this side view.
1: Yeah, so uh what what really got me was the like hey, we're not gonna mention that the Chevy Bolt is the same price and the same, you know, better range and it's available now. I mean, obviously. GM isn't making a ton of money, if not losing money on every yeah. bolt sold. But it's not making a lot of them too. Yeah, it's not, you know, they could, uh, yeah. they could try to sell more, but um it's like, you know, Volkswagen's out here saying, hey, we're going to make this vehicle for $26,000 or $27,000 and it's going to go 200 some miles and it's a hatchback form factor and i'm like well we've had the chevy bolt since like 2017 Got pretty much the same same idea you know what you know first of all like wh- what the heck is gm doing not selling those in europe because they would go like hotcakes but also like why not you know up the ante a little bit and i guess that's kind of what the next story is It's a, you know even more affordable <laughs> one but um I don't know. It seems fine. Uh, I guess the Equinox will be similarly priced uh, in the U.S. as well. Um, so much bigger car, though. The Equinox. Yeah. No? We don't have the
0: that many specs here including We have, okay, the uh, drive unit, drive motors, over 200 horsepower, 166 yeah. kilowatts that's, for that
1: size. It's perfectly adequate. That's under seven say it's- seconds. I would say it's uh, more than adequate. Yeah, think it's yeah, surprisingly high.
0: Uh, zero to eighty percent in less than twenty minutes. Wow, yeah, that's also very good. Yeah, um, again, not not too many details, but uh, enough to get us a little bit excited. And then right after this news came out, this uh, concept unveiling, there was, oh, am I okay with that? Yeah. Then there was this that came out from uh, Volkswagen. Well. Volkswagen and this now this is Autocar so what happens when there's these unveilings like that normally there's like some kind of media round table and then some journalists try to get a little bit more information out of it and Autocar managed to get some more information that logically if you have an ID2 then you have also an ID3 and ID4 and where is the ID1 and um Volkswagen apparently confirmed to Autocar that uh, there's going to be an one, so an even smaller, even cheaper entry-level electric vehicle from Volkswagen that's going to start at around 17,000 euros. That's just about 20,000 USD. So that's starting to be like extremely low price. Like Even gasoline cars, you don't get a lot of new gasoline cars around that price.
1: Yeah. And if there's still $7,500 tax credit in the US, that would be interesting to <laughs> sell a $10,000 car. Obviously, uh, that's unlikely to make it over here. But um, similarly, yeah. there's there's uh, rebates all over the world. Although you know, this car might the the ID one idea might be something for more like um, brick countries, Brazil, uh, India. Exactly.
0: A lot of developing markets that have been uh, left behind when it comes to electrification. Right. So th- this is an opportunity to to bring those market into uh, into the electric world. Uh, no timing really on that. Speaking of, I should say timing on the uh, production version of the VW ID. Two or two all or whatever it's going to be. Uh, is it 2026? Not sure if that's model year or is it actually the year that's going to come out. Uh, so 2025, 2026 is uh, what you should expect. All right, a few more news items to discuss, and then we are into your comments, uh, into your questions. So be ready for that. But we're going to move on from Volkswagen to Kia. And uh, Kia has been really like trickling, slowly releasing bit by bit new information, new images, new specs about the IV uh, 9 which is an EV9, excuse me. EV9, Kia EV9, which is going to be like one of the most anticipated like full-size SUVs to come to market. North American market, very hungry for For full-size SUV. Yeah. So electric uh fully electric is just not that much options out there there's some smaller suv options but on the bigger side there's not that many so especially something for kia that would be probably not crazy expensive like the model x or the r1s from rivian it's something that people are very excited about so um what is the swivel seat is the one that i think that caught people's attention but it's basically the new images to, to start with here um I think it's it very looks sleek great. looking like yeah. look at that we, we, we discussed it last week or the week before that but uh it, it is impressive like it's it's looking a lot closer to the prototype than uh we thought it was i don't know about those wheels what do you think about uh, those wheels
1: yeah probably option um but we're going to see a full version of this thing at the New York Auto Show in next month. So, yeah, it should be interesting. And I think the interior pictures are scroll down a little bit more. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's, that's where that's that, sweet, that swivel see right? comes in.
0: That's sweet. That's nice. Eight
1: three rows. People love that.
0: Oh, Ooh. okay,
1: okay. Get the little uh, yeah. limousine thing going on in there.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't hate it.
1: You keep keep the kids back there. They don't. Yeah. So so this is, I assume,
0: a picture as you turn it around. I don't think that's a position you want to be in <laughs> once the Hopefully not. car is going. Uh, you see, oh, you see a flat? Um, completely flat, almost completely flat. Once you uh, have both rows down,
1: it's a nice looking car. It's yeah. a, and it's big. When I mean, Americans love huge, yeah. honking vehicles, so. I think, I think this will be sold out for quite a while, and I think it's also going to probably take some of uh, Rivian's thunder with the R1- R1S. We don't have uh, actual pricing on this just yet. You know, th- they had mentioned uh, when they unveiled it that they were hoping to start it out at $50,000. I imagine that's going to be like a two-row version with, you know, rear-wheel drive, 210 miles of range, that kind of thing, super neutered, and... You know the one we're looking at right now is probably going to be 80 yeah, or a, something
0: yeah as the full <laughs> jacked up version no doubt about it yeah i'm excited for this one this uh i'm excited for those like that even though like i'm not just a big suv guy or anything like that i'm excited for things that can move the needle and can like, yeah because you yeah i have a lot of people right now i'm like yeah yeah i mean you guys convinced me and uh for an electric vehicle but I have like three, four kids, and uh, like we have like gym bags for when they uh, have their football practice or whatever. Like, when we need a full-size SUV. Like, all right, it's coming. It's in there coming.
1: Yeah, and wasn't wasn't Hyundai gonna have like a Hyundai uh, Ionic Seven that's gonna be similar to that?
0: I feel like. Yeah, probably that that would make sense. Well, in Hyundai and Kia like they don't like talk about it too much there. Right, as close as it gets to be the same company, even. Right. Not exactly. Not exactly. Don't. I don't want to get an email from a PR representative either. <laughs> yeah. uh, we love them both. We love the Koreans. We love the South Koreans. They make great products. All right, uh, very excited about this too. Uh, I can. we don't go into like just straight up financial news too often on the on the podcast, but uh, when it comes to Appterra uh, closing the deal on a twenty one million grant, a grant here, uh, from the uh, California Energy Commission for specifically for manufacturing electric solar vehicles in uh, in the in the state of California. So this is a big deal because obviously Aptera. All oh, right, no, <clears throat> sorry, Aptera was uh, trying to raise money. It, it is raising money. Um, they uh, they've been doing it through this uh, accelerator program that they call it, where they've been doing a lot of crowdfunding. But they uh, they open up the crowdfunding where the more you invest, the a higher your chance is going to be to get um, one of the solar cars sooner. And uh, they've managed to raise over $8 million to that over the last month or so. So that's great. But it's bringing a vehicle to market. Even though I'm excited about one of the main reasons I'm excited about Amtura is that it is not an actual car. Even though we call it a solar car. It is um, classified as a trike, as a, as a three-wheel vehicle. And it's closer to a motorcycle, really, in terms of regulation than it is to a car. So that removes a ton of red tape in order to bring it to market. A lot less expensive to do. So that's why I'm a little bit more hyped about Eptera than I am about uh, Atlas or Name, whatever, crowdfunded EV projects.
1: Um, so I'm yeah, a little bit more excited about that. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of the only three wheeled vehicle still. Like, well, I don't know. I mean, Saunders got rid of their three wheeler. Uh, Electromechanica is not doing too hot right now yeah um same for the
0: other one in oregon what was it? the FUV.
1: yeah f-u-v uh that's uh having some troubles i mean after is not doesn't have a straight shot into you know profitability but they just have so many fans that are pumping money into the company Mm -hmm. that i feel like they you know they have something here they have and and now they have 21 million dollar grant like it's
0: not money that they owe anything like that right so that that's going to be helpful here uh, I think I, I think it's still closer to like fifty, a hundred million dollars that you need overall to bring a vehicle like that to market. But they already raised, I think, over forty, forty or fifty million dollars at this point. Other than this twenty-one million, so yeah, they they, uh, they, they have a real shot right now of bringing this thing to market. And uh, if they do, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be fun. Just it's not gonna be like a super big like difference maker in terms of electrification. But it is like we just talked about Tesla Drive on Sunshine. And everything. This is the best the representation. The real drive on sunshine. Yeah, it's the best representation of like drive on sunshine because uh, you you literally have up to fifteen thirty miles of range per day just from the solar cells on that vehicle itself. Uh, it's 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 more romantic than anything else because obviously, if you want to drive on sunshine you're more efficient if your solar cells on a rooftop or something like that than it is on an actual car. But so I'm a little bit conflicted about it because I love efficiency. I want to have the most efficient solution always, but there is something romantic about the idea of like this car is autonomous basically like it's produced its own electricity on which it rides for the most part, obviously you want, you you can charge it too. And probably for the, for most people, charging is going to be a big part of the powering this vehicle. But I, I said I like efficiency, and, and that also is an efficient car itself. If you remove the solar on it, if you just talked about aerodynamic performance, weight, and all that, like that's that it is one of the most efficient. It's gonna probably gonna be. I mean, again, I cannot we cannot say a car because it's not a car, so we cannot say it's the most efficient car out there. But it's closest thing to a car that is much more efficient than anything else, even like a mold Three or. Um, yeah,
1: even even like that Mercedes EQXX yeah, or the example, or the yeah. Lightyear, the other solar thing, um, it's it's way more efficient. I think uh, they were telling us that the whole vehicle uh, has better aerodynamics. Use you know less wind than a F one hundred and fifty side mirror, one side mirror. <laughs> so uh, that that I mean F one hundred and
0: fifty can have like a pretty pretty big side mirror. Too.
1: Yes, but yeah it's still it's, uh, it's, it's impressive it's in really impressive yeah
0: all right uh that's it for all the news uh this week so it was a pretty quick one uh we can jump into you guys comments and uh in questions right now
1: all right uh speaking of startups any thoughts on canoe and if you think they can actually make it to market What's really just thinking there i haven't been following them that closely to
0: be uh to be honest with you uh, I know that they are I've been having a lot of uh fleet order more than anything else like i don't I don't see a big like consumer uh, attractiveness on that like I know some people love it, like their van pickup style thing uh, but uh, yeah <laughs> honestly, I'm not too hyped about it. <laughs> I was just gonna say it like that
1: yeah they they got some like I guess you know some NASA sponsorship things happening uh. It seems like they got some good hype, but it you know like I don't think they have a mass market vehicle. I don't think they have uh a lot of hype around them so I don't know it doesn't seem very likely that they'll uh make it to the other side, but we're rooting for all the EV yeah hoping for the
0: best hoping for the best.
1: All right. David Pern is Tesla of the opinion that hidden improvements will bring buyers to showrooms and thus substantially new looks aren't necessary. So I think he's David's kind of talking about how the Model S and X look very similar to what they looked like for years. They haven't really been upgraded much. Same with Model 3 and Y. What do you think?
0: If uh, if Tesla's opinion of the hidden hidden improvement will bring buyers to the showroom and thus substantially new look, aren't this? I mean, why why would you want to go to the showroom right now for those if they're hidden <laughs> like at all? I'm I'm a, bit, I'm a bit confused about the question to be honest. Uh, yeah, but but for sure that the big the the, the big the, the, no, it's not a big upgrade to the Model S and X right right now um like i mean the 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 glass roof like are you gonna really see like a big difference of the new glass roof that lets more light in or um yeah i just i just don't see it it's a it's a nice little incremental improvement but i don't think um i think the 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 model s and x is going to do great in 2023 but that's because of the price cuts not, not because of uh of the slight
1: hardware improvements yeah all right, Greg Poland question. My Model Y has an estimated delivery on March 31st. <laughs> of course. Uh, good luck. <laughs> Have you heard of anybody getting postponed any further? I
0: mean, they're going to try. Like if they're March 31st, that's the last day of the quarter. They're going to try, Greg, to deliver your car. Uh, they're going to probably come to your house
1: and knock the door down. Yeah, to yeah, you yeah. They, they're the
0: going to want... Uh, They're going to deliver it to you because they want that signature so that they can claim that revenue. They can get that check. They can cash that check. Um, So, yeah, I wouldn't be too worried about that. I'd be more worried about the... uh, I I mean, to be fair, Tesla has made some improvement to not pushing too hard for these in a quarter delivery push. So, if, for example, if they are really tight on uh, trailers, on the car trailers to bring cars out uh, and people start charging them, like,
1: excessive amount of money to do it... They might decide to postpone it. I don't know. All right. Moving on, EV edition. What are your thoughts on EV stocks? What companies do you think will do the best? I don't think we've talked about, like, general EV stocks in a while, so and I know you have that uh sub Substack that you do. Yeah,
0: but I haven't been posting a lot on that just because of uh, like the markets right now I wouldn't encourage anyone to invest that much in the market uh, just because of how scary things are that right now. So I wouldn't t T-bills. Uh, what do you say? <laughs> Buy T-bills. <tea> yeah. <laughs> I the only the the things that I'm more excited about when you come to like the companies themselves, uh, if you're talking about companies selling electric vehicles, there's not that many I'm super excited about. Other than Tesla, I think Tesla is still going to do well. It's just a jungle. But I'm more excited about um, material suppliers like uh, nickel stock and lithium stock. I think there's a there, there's a lot of growth there that can happen a little bit safer than brands. Uh, especially companies like uh, like Fisker or or, or Canoe that you, we just talked about, like these, these are a lot more fickle in my opinion, and, uh, and they they can they can go away pretty quickly. Um, R- R- Rivian and Lucid a little bit more exciting maybe because they are delivering vehicles and and the products are good. The products are good. It's the financials that don't look good right now.
1: So but the stock I, prices I, are very low. So. You don't have; uh, they can't go much lower.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, so, so that's that's the only like upside to it. Like, you, you people don't see them going much lower. But at the same time, no one is uh, completely invincible to 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 bankruptcy. Like, yeah. uh, the 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 thing with Vivian and Lucid, because their products are so good, uh, you would think that there's there could be a savior like uh, waiting in the wings for 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 both of them. That kind of. Uh, Apple, maybe? I don't know.
1: Apple for Lucid, Amazon for Rivian. That's yep. Those are the saviors. No, there was something this week about Amazon
0: talking to Rivian about... Uh, well, actually, this, I think this is Amazon like thinking, uh, protecting Rivian, uh, honestly, where they said that they could not... Like right now, all the vans, all the delivery right. vans that Rivian is, is making, they're delivering them to Amazon and they're losing a ton of money on them. So what, what came out this week is that apparently Rivian and Amazon talk and they're like, Amazon was like, okay with Rivian, not just delivering the vans to them because Rivian, uh, Amazon has a stake in Rivian. And right. they know that if the, the, the contract that they have like is very advantageous to, uh, to Amazon and if Rivian could deliver a part of those vans to other companies at a newly negotiated price that they don't lose money on, uh, that would be a big deal. And uh, now again, our company is going to want those vans for twice or three times that price. I don't know, uh, but they are again. The product is nice, so you can maybe charge more for for that. And and it's in it's um, getting some electric vans in your fleet. If you're a fleet manager, is it's a big deal. It, it does uh, lower your cost greatly.
1: Next All right. One uh green for St Patrick's Day Tesla should offer a green colored car for one day well that would be quite expensive to retrofit their paint shop but we are seeing some new colors coming out of Tesla the the red, uh, red. I kind of miss the brown and the green though didn't they used to have a green right you used to ask. have a
0: green you used to have a brown they used to have uh, different uh silvers yeah uh st patrick you want a green like the green the, the green that that's the had was not really a, a st patrick uh green no. but happy happy st patrick to everyone out there and especially the irish my irish friends out there
1: all right uh jonathan root ev9 is the best looking third row ev period hoping pricing isn't insane yeah we talked about that a little bit um you know obviously best looking is subjective but it's certainly i think a you know, I think a lot of readers have said, hey, they actually made a really good looking vehicle. It's not one of those things where they do a really good looking prototype and then they, you know, a super bland final product. Um, we're going to actually get a look at it at the New York Auto Show uh, in about two weeks, I think. Um, so and, and I'll be honest with you, uh, you know, right now I'm waiting on an R1S. Uh, we put some money down on a Volvo ex90 that's right but i'm also now i'm thinking this might be the way to go for our our big one if you know rivian doesn't come through like obviously rivian's going to be much better off-roading it's probably going to be How a often lot- do you go off roading set well when i'm reviewing uh scooters <laughs> I go off. anyway oh that's right i saw you
0: like <laughs> that that's that was a silly, crazy.
1: silly trip yeah. um so yeah. i don't know you ha- you basically have you know in the u.s market you have the x90 you have the rs uh r1s rivian and the now you have this and it's pretty much it and i feel like there's a lot of people in that marketplace so it'll be interesting to see what happens uh enjoying the show in melbourne australia well that's great mm-hmm. uh, while waiting for a charger keep up the good work jens thank you that's chris awesome. A great article on CNBC about GM losing in China. Great article on Electric on Xpeng losing in China. Hmm. GM, Xpeng, uh, everybody's losing yeah, in China. Yeah,
0: Xpeng didn't have the best quarter last quarter. It's not surprising. I mean, the, the Tesla price cuts in January has had an impact on the rest of the market. There's just no way around it.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, VWID2 start production when? I think they said 2025. No hint at all how they will make such a low price car tesla shows how they will make a twenty five thousand dollar car but it does not show it what a difference will tesla paint Hmm. i don't know what he's
0: saying about the paint but i i do get the point about uh questioning how does vw get to that price point um yeah i mean i think they're assuming some a lot of supply chains improvement yeah, and uh, and yeah, they're gonna have to have some manufacturing efficiency improvements too. And I guess that's the difference that Ron is mentioning it, like Tesla with their event earlier this month. They did show. What they plan to do on the manufacturing side to do those improvements and achieve that now it wasn't as clear as like the 4680 demonstration where they were like all right we get this percentage improvement in price there this percentage improvement it wasn't as precise as that so it led us to assume that tesla has some guesswork doing it and it's always guesswork it's it's always guesswork anyway uh now volkswagen hasn't been as forthcoming when it comes to that But at the same time, Volkswagen has experience building cars on a high volume at that price point. They're not electric. Uh, Now the rest of the electric supply chain is going to come down at the same time, try to meet them at a certain point there. And to Volkswagen's credit, they are making the investment throughout the supply chains to help it get there. So they are not just like... Like crossing their fingers and like, oh, hopefully, the battery cost will come down to ninety dollars a kilowatt hour by the time this car gets to market. No, they they are making the investments to get it to get it closer to there at least to help out. So yeah, I'm hopeful on that front.
1: All right, uh, question about what cell type is VW using? Hyundai. I mean, I feel like a lot of companies now are diversifying their battery uh, supply just so that one company doesn't kind of screw them over but at VW last were they using L no they're using SK no in the US they're using I mean they have a partnership with CTL I think in Europe now okay
0: Um, and a few others they have a bunch but anyway, what cell type? I'm assuming chemistry they're asking probably, and I, oh, would, right. I would I would assume that uh, this vwid two would be LFP. That at that, that, those price point, you're gonna have to use a uh, iron phosphate based batteries.
1: Although it does charge pretty fast, so but I mean you can get there so too. The, I think with yeah. iron phosphate and LFP. All right, Greg Poland, FYI I was getting service down in Cypress, Texas, which is the Houston area, and there was at least over a hundred model y's and threes queued to be delivered.
0: Yeah, I'm not surprised around this time of the the, the quarter, like there's right. that that's when all the supply from uh, Fremont and, and and Texas gets to those delivery centers. Um, it's that timing for the Europe the uh, us market
1: uh Paul Panzer says twenty five thousand euros with nineteen percent VAT is more like twenty thousand euros. Yeah,
0: that that that's a good point. I don't know. I don't know if they did account for VAT in there. I, normally in Europe, did you do have to put the pricing on there? But the, when you're not actually selling the car, I don't. I don't know. Like it's just, we'll see. Makes sense though.
1: All right. Uh to compete with the VinFast VF9. Okay. So that's another, I think. Yes, somebody is hype about the VinFast. I'm not as hype as uh as him about uh, like uh we took a drive in one in in Los Angeles. They they weren't super impressive. <laughs> uh, but whatever. Uh, the Greens are great at technology, Kia Hyundai Genesis, which is all the same company, and Samsung, they are great. Uh uh did i trim my beard i was trying to figure out why you look different yes i did uh okay <laughs> moving on You're a great question uh, uh
0: lion and tiger yeah those though if you want to talk about low stocks those are, are low stock. i cannot recommend them though again because because of the market right now the way it is i cannot like i'm not gonna tell anyone to go buy them but they are excessively cheap Especially like Lion right now is in a, in a situation where they could get a big chunk of that infrastructure bill money for because they do have a factory in the U.S. now producing
1: electric school buses. Indiana, I think. Yeah,
0: and, and uh, yeah, I think so.
1: Right? Yeah, the so school sure. buses thing. Man, everybody wants an electric school bus now.
0: Yeah, so they, they, there's not that many companies right now that are can be competing for, for, for those grants. So if they do get a big chunk of that, uh, oh, it, nice. could, it, could, it could be a big difference maker because I think right now they're trading at like $400 million or something uh, for a company that is actually delivering hundreds of, of school buses and trucks, electric school buses and trucks right now. So that's good. Uh, Taiga, I'm also very excited about them, but uh, they, they, it's such a new technology that they're doing. They, they are doing it the best, though, for sure. When it comes to electric snowmobiles, there's a few options out there. When it comes to electric water, jet skis, watercrafts, there's a few options out there. But they are all mostly subpar to what you would get from uh, gasoline ones, except for Tiger. Like Taiga, I think, is the, the, they already are a notch over, but it's super hard for her startup to ramp things up. And they are still at very low volume production. They have this big factory they're supposed to build here in Shawinigan, but they're waiting until they get uh, to, uh, a few thousand units in Montreal first before they expand to a bigger factory. So until they can do that, it will remain a, a fairly small company, uh, and the the cash position keeps going down in the meantime. So it is something to watch out for. But I'm still I'm still pretty hype about both of them, and they are they are both from Quebec too, which is uh, exciting.
1: It's Taiga. Could you see them being purchased by uh, you know like Polaris or or Kawasaki yeah. or something?
0: Yeah, BRP also based in Quebec. Yeah,
1: I mean, the, it, it wouldn't make sense because they they
0: have great technology. They are the leader by far when it comes to uh, these specific small niche. Though they're a billion dollars industry still, but uh, smaller uh, segments of transportation or recreational transportation in this case.
1: And why do you think Lion is so uh, cheap right now? If they have all these, you know, possible things, is it just part of the the industry downturn or? Yeah, I mean, like Rivian, they're still not
0: making money on those trucks and those cool buses, but they're getting a lot closer than Rivian, to be fair, a lot closer than Rivian. Uh, and they also, like, the ramp-up is 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 difficult, um, but they just started production at the factory in the U.S., so uh, I, I would assume that the ramp-up is going to be in the later half of this year, and then next year is going to be their big years in, in terms of uh, actual deployment of new trucks. But I've been following their the performance of their trucks closely and they're in great so far so and obviously that's going to be a huge market the, the trucks on top of the school buses
1: all right ryan Wiebe, uh, have we heard what tesla's plan is for pull through charging with uh, v4 for towing purposes so you know how they have those chargers on the side i, get, yeah. I would imagine they're still going to put v4s on the side or what do you think
0: yeah, that that and also just uh, uh, probably like ch- ch- they they want to do those those chargers in the middle of a parking lot instead of like at the end of them, uh, so that you can like you can pull through even more uh, than than the ones on the side. Um, that would make a ton of sense. Uh, but again that, that depends on the parking lot like you need a huge parking lot on that because you don't want but, but those exist those are out there like you go to like a walmart you, you're gonna have to have different setup for those stations you have to have like a, a walmart type situation or one of those big uh truck stops and, and things like that like you're not gonna see that at the average uh, charging station but you, we're gonna need more of them like uh, uh I, I know this is working on that we've seen some of the early um uh, plans for, for the bigger station, like the ones between um, Los Angeles and and, and San Francisco, two of Tesla's biggest market, or the Bay Area, I should say. And um, there's a huge supercharger station, like 50, 100 stall stations uh, being planned there. And now you're starting to see a certain percentage of the stalls there are being aimed at pulled through for
1: trailers and, and trucks. Yeah, and that's going to be an even bigger thing when the Cybertruck is at full production. Speaking of Cybertruck, this is a cryptic question.
0: Uh, oh no, no, no! That's a follow-up to the other question. When you asked uh, about the paint on the lower-priced vehicle, so uh, you said like the Cybertruck, there's no paint, just wrap. I don't know about I, I don't know about that. Uh, I would assume that it's partly based on if if that works out for the Cybertruck. We don't know yet if that's going to work out just great with the Cybertruck. If it does, uh, maybe yeah, maybe they do. Uh, end up with some kind of we're going to see some kind of like small like um hatchback stainless steel hatchback from tesla that would be, nice. be interesting.
1: all right uh and then just to follow up nick seeder what type of cell type i.e form factor i think that's oh, okay. just of what we're talking about
0: yeah well i mean most of the automakers still use uh the uh, pouch pouch is the still the, the main one being used but there's a more automakers that are talking about uh following tesla with the 4680 so uh, you might start seeing some of that soon. All right. I think that's all, all right. for the questions. That's, uh, that's all for us this week. I appreciate every single one of you. If you're still watching, thank you. Um, we appreciate you. I'm going to see you same time, same place next week. If you do like the show, please give us a thumbs up, a like, whatever you do on your po- on your uh, app. And we're going to see you in a week. Bye-bye. Stay safe out there.